Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Blender yet again. Uh, yes, this is Jeff, and I'm still sick. Um, and because of that, The Blender always has two people, and I can't be here alone because my voice, nobody wants to hear my voice all by itself. Uh, that's why I have very few listeners on Hurry Up and Cruiserweight. So joining me is one of the main hosts of the rundown proper and NXT Revisited is Jason. I, I'm going to tell you, I'm a little disappointed, Jeff. I hear no birds. I hear no dogs. There is no animal life of any kind coming over this, this sound right now. What's going on? Uh, well, the window's closed. Uh, I took the fan out. I'm currently sweating profusely just for your entertainment. <laughs> now, <laughs> are, are, is it just going to be the two of us or is your girlfriend going to join us as well? I, I know you guys enjoyed her on uh, Hurry Up and Cruiserweight, but she is currently sleeping and getting ready for work. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, you know, the pussy tickler is not going to be here. Uh, we, can, we can call her that if you want. Unfortunately. Yeah. She was fantastic. She really was. She really was. If you guys haven't heard last week's Hurry Up and Cruiserweight, I strongly suggest you go check it out. If you liked Ladies Night on the Rundown Network, you will like this, too. Uh, Jeff's girlfriend definitely steals the show. She may have to steal the show hosting duties from you, Jeff, going forward. I, I would be happy. Well, I would be happy to host with her giving her, you know, little commentary on it. And it's it's funny. She, she gives off... Uh, she thinks she, she pretends like she knows little about wrestling, but I talk about it so much that she definitely knows more. Um, and she's she's fantastic. And I knew she would be. It was just a matter of getting her to actually do it with me. Right. You know what I mean? And well, isn't, uh, isn't that always the struggle, really? Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, of course. I mean, especially with me. I mean, who would fucking who would fucking sleep with me? <laughs> Oh shit! Um, so uh, we got we got something to talk about tonight, huh? Yeah, yeah. A uh, kind of a um, what we were what you guys were talking about is a uh, a counter to AEW, and that was the uh, NXT 25 because we can't really give it a a takeover Connecticut. <laughs> no, uh, we're gonna not. give it an NXT 25 uh, because it's the 25th takeover. Uh, and it's some somewhat of a uh, a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Now, hold on, before um, we before we get into takeover, because that's going to be the dominant point of discussion on this episode of the Blender, I'm sure. Um, we haven't heard from you. Did you check out AEW's Double or Nothing? Did you Did you see it? What were your thoughts? What do you, What do you think? Yeah, I, yeah, I watched AEW. Um, I uh, I started watching the pre-show live. So I saw the entirety of um, the Battle Royal, and I thought that was fantastic. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of comedy wrestling done right, mm-hmm. um, and there was there's plenty of comedy in that. Orange Cassidy, um, you got uh, you have to apologize. The guy with no legs <laughs> eliminating uh, Ty Dillinger yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. Um, it, it was just a, a very good, well-done uh, intro to AEW. Yeah, for sure. I mean, really, I mean, you can you can consider All In kind of your intro, but um, this is the real first introduction to yeah. AEW. Yeah. So that was, was a great match to open it. For sure, for sure. What were you going to say? I was just, what was your match of the night? 
Oh, oh, for all of AEW, yeah. probably uh, Cody and Dustin. Okay, yeah, that seems to be the general consensus amongst the, the hosts here and a lot of people I've spoken to. So, uh, I, I mean, I'm a big sto- I'm a big storyline guy. So, mm-hmm. uh, going into it, it was it was fantastic. All the video promos were just they were they made you want to see the match. And then when you actually saw the match, there was, I mean, I had I, I was I cried a little bit for sure, um, and it was just. Everything from the beginning to the finish to the post match, and them gonna—they're gonna be teaming up now. Um, it was fantastic. I mean, Dustin Rhodes being 50 years old is just—he—he he put on a fantastic, probably one of the best matches he's had in his whole career, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he—he's do—he's doing the. Uh, I think Sal mentioned it in in the blender you guys had last week, but the the flip off the apron, mm-hmm. who would have thought he would have he he would have never done that in WWE. Right. And he still hit all of his signature moves. Mm-hmm. He did the uh, what do you call it, the final cut with yeah. the the twisting suplex. Yep. That move that move always looks like it looks good because it almost looks like a brain buster. Mm-hmm. But uh. Yeah, I mean, it was it was fantastic. Um, I, I I was happy with the whole card. Um, I, I was kind of in the same boat with most of the people on the rundown, not you and Sal, but uh, I wasn't familiar with uh, Sammy Sammy Guevara. Yeah, Sammy Guevara. Yep. And yeah, and uh, what was the other guy? Kip Sabian. Kip Sabian. Oh yeah, and, and uh, I wanted to say with Orange Cassidy. I saw Orange Cassidy in the stupid uh, Battle Royal, and I started looking up his matches. Yeah. I was just looking at his matches on YouTube because I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. The shit that he was doing on there was fantastic. And uh, look him up. He's re- he's actually a really good wrestler. Uh, you know what else is funny on Twitter? Like, you know how a lot of wrestlers will be out there, and they'll, they're sort of like, Hey, come see me here. Buy this T-shirt. Buy, like, And then uh, he'll just post a picture of thing like, I might come through. <laughs> So he's living the gimmick. Yes, absolutely. That's fan. He's he's great. He's really good. I, I just watched. Um, as weird as it sounds, I watched a match between him and Hornswoggle. Oh, and I'm not a I'm not a Hornswoggle fan, but he actually Hornswoggle played really well to his character. Yeah. Like at one point, like Hornswoggle was like they were doing the whole thing off the ropes and orange Cassidy would just be like, he would just walk and touch the ropes and kind of come back. Yeah. And, uh, horse and Swaggle was like, all right, I'm going to do the drop down. You're going to run over me. He would like yell it out loud to the crowd. So they would hear it. And, uh, he would drop down and orange Cassidy just kind of stepped over him. And then, and then he did a uh, horse. Swaggle stood in the middle of the ring and did like the jump. Like he was going to jump over top and split his legs. Yeah. He's like, all right, you're gonna go under me, and like Orange Cassidy like kind of crawled under him <laughs> as he did the jump, and he's like, yeah, <laughs> it was it was really it was a very entertaining match just for, you know, if you were into that kind of shit. Yeah, but, I mentioned on the uh, I think it was um, the rundown. Uh, if you go on YouTube, there's a match from Beyond between Orange Cassidy and Smiley Kylie Ray, which was really fun. I I enjoyed. Oh, that was that was cute. That was my next one I was gonna watch. Oh, there you go. I didn't see it yet. I would recommend. Yeah, it. yeah, I was, I was gonna watch that one up because uh, she's she's a really good wrestler too. Yeah, her match good. with uh, she was she surprised me. Um, her I knew Britt Baker from a uh, All In, uh, uh, and uh, 
I didn't know much of Nyla Rose, but obviously I knew Awesome Kong. Yeah. Um, I, I was just, I was in. Interested to see Awesome Kong when she came back, mm-hmm. um, and uh, honestly, I I was happy with her performance. Um, I mean, how old is she now? Is she she's probably in her late thirties, right? Something like that. I don't know if you saw, yeah, it, but they yeah. also announced they have signed her, so she is going to be yeah. sticking around. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, I, she deserves it. I mean, she's been around for forever, and she's always been a great like female monster she's been what nia jack should be yep yeah no so, like i said like i said on on the recap last week my, my only issue with her being in there was i think it took some of the specialness off the nyla rose character but um you know the surprise no i totally agree it. i totally because because nyla, nyla nyla rose was supposed to be the monster in that match right and then and then you brought in awesome Kong, and then that's the new monster what's nyla rose gonna do right exactly she was just there, you know what I mean? And it was um, – I, actually, uh, I did want to bring up one thing sure. uh, about this past week. Yeah. Um, You're hosting this week, so have that, at it. Talk about whatever you want, sir. Well, I, I just wanted to bring up um, what were your – I haven't listened through the full rundown proper yet. Okay. Um, I, I got about three-quarters of the way through, but I don't remember you talking about uh, uh, Lesnar. So yeah, what we, are your we thoughts ended up on this having to scrap new the Lesnar. perfect ten, but <laughs> Well, what were your thoughts on the new Lesnar right now? I it just you know, it was funny, I guess, but it's just I I don't really get so he's just mocking everybody, which is not necessarily something new. It's only new that he's doing the boombox gimmick of it. He's always sort of mocked people and hey, you're a piece of shit to me kind of thing. So it's not really that much different except for the dancing in the boombox, and that's a funny add to it, I guess. But it's one of those things where it's it's going to be funny the first couple times, and then it's going to get fucking old really quick, and they're going to do it to death. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I'll, I'll basically what my thoughts on it were um, it, it's the most interesting Brock Lesnar has been in probably about five years, I would say. Um, uh, I, uh, I think I said on the making the grade, uh, basically he, he's coming out, he's, he's being different. It's making him watchable Mm -hmm. because in in the past he, he really hasn't been watchable. He's, he's just been this guy who Paul Heyman spoke for and he's been the beast and he hasn't done anything. I would say okay. I would say the most interesting he was he was before this was when he beat up Heath Slater. <laughs> um, that was the and that's saying something. Yeah, and if you have issues with uh, Brock Lesnar, I, I believe John Moxley would agree with you. <laughs> so, oh God, I know I, in the Chris Jericho podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, going back to yeah. AEW, just one more question because this was probably the most hotly contested part of the show, at least on the rundown recap, as it were. What were your thoughts on the Young Bucks and uh, Lucha Bros? Uh, I thought it was a fantastic match. I thought it it, it, could, it could easily be um, a match of the year candidate. Oh wow! Um, I don't I don't have a well. I, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, okay. the Lucha Bros are always going to be great uh pentagon and and ray phoenix are i mean just top notch and the bucks um to my uh, the bucks have always been weird to me um 
the Bucks are. Um, I kind of had the same problem that you said you had with them, where they didn't sell well right. for their opponents. Yep. Um, but they sold like a million bucks for these guys. I mean, everything they took, they took well. It depends um, on who you ask, Jeff. I don't know. <laughs> I I thought they did. I mean, uh, personally, I me. Uh, I thought they I thought they sold really well. Yeah. Um even even going into the finish like you said with uh the Meltzer driver. I mean e- even though I really don't like Pentagon's like breaking the arm spot. Yeah. Uh I kind of went over that a little bit in the host thread, but um I I don't care for that too much anymore. Uh but even so uh what was it Matt? What's that? Matt sold it well? Yes. Yeah, it was Matt. Yeah, it was, it was Matt. Matt sold it well. Uh, uh, even when he picked the guy up for the melted driver, he was still holding. Like he didn't use his arm. Right. He was still he was still pretending like his arm was broken or hurt at least. For sure. Which is a big deal. Yeah, I mean, a little stuff especially like for those matters. guys. I mean, they used to not sell anything. Right. <laughs> and little stuff like that matters, and people, you know, it increases. It does. It affects people's enjoyment of the product. All right, so we are 10 minutes in, which leaves us about 50 minutes left, and we have an NXT TakeOver to talk about. Yeah, yep. Um, so if I miss anything because I'm going to host this shit, uh, call me out on it. All right, for sure. I'm just going to go – I'm going to go right into the first match. Okay. Uh, well, can we, go can right we just – before? hold on. Before we even go into the match, can I just interrupt here one thing? Um, sure. This wasn't our typical NXT takeover setup. We didn't have the big LED boards. We didn't have the LED ring posts. The this was very much reminiscent of the Evolution event, where we had your old standard, you know, metal barricades. Um, you had very low lighting. You had just old-fashioned ring skirts. There was nothing fancy about this. So, despite the fact they were pumping it up as the big, you know, 25th ever takeover. They really didn't go heavy with the production. Now, I liked that as part of Evolution. It felt weird here knowing how big they usually make TakeOver feel. What were your feelings on the, on the setup? Uh, I actually didn't mind it because of the fact of that promo in the beginning, the video package, um, where they just kind of went through all the TakeOvers from the beginning. Um they went through every single takeover, include they especially you know covered the first takeover in uh, 2014, I believe it was, um, and they showed you know they had Triple H with the voiceover. Um, it was I, I thought that this was kind of symbolic of uh, where they were and where they become, and the fact that the production. Honestly, it doesn't really matter for NXT. I mean, right. you're going to have these amazing matches as it is. Yeah. So I I thought it was I, – I didn't mind that as much. Okay. Um, it was just a big video screen with the ramp and the ring skirt and the basic setup. Yep. And I thought it was well done. All right. Cool. All right, so now you can um, have that first match. Sorry, I mean to cut you No, no, no big deal. Um. So, first match, out of the gate, uh, one of the matches that I was looking forward to, I mean, not that I wasn't looking forward to any of these matches, or not that I wasn't looking forward to, uh, I mean, all these matches had me pumped, but this one specifically, because I'm a big Roderick Strong fan, uh, we had Matt Riddle versus Roderick Strong. Um, 
basically, uh, you had Roger Strong come out first, get the big paw from the crowd with the, the boom. And uh, these guys had a hard-hitting, stiff, uh, just a clinic between these two. Like... I, I pretty you and uh, you and Ginger went over it on NXT Revisited. Mm-hmm. You thought it was going to be a fantastic match like Gulak and uh, Kushida was, yep. and it pretty much was, mm-hmm. except with just more, just more strikes involved, more stiff chops and knees and kicks. Yep. Um, it was it was fantastic. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Like right off the top, sort of sticking the storyline with Riddle coming in and kicking the flip flops right into Roderick Strong. Um, I thought that was a nice little touch, given that Roddy put the flip flop over when he attacked Riddle. I thought it was a nice little homage to the story they told. Um, and he got there, like you said, just brutal. Um, there was that one sequence where Strong had Riddle against the ropes, and he's just side to side and running by him and fucking nailing him with like stiff forearms yeah. and kicks and just anything you can throw at him. Um, it was it was pretty early in the match. I don't know if you caught this. Um, I, I I think it might have been on the spot where he dropped him across the top rope, like suplexed him and dropped him across the top mm-hmm. rope. But Riddle almost immediately got this nasty sort of bruise under on on his rib cage, his upper rib cage. I didn't notice the actual bruise, but um, I did notice that 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 fucking top. I, I will say I, I enjoy Roderick Strong's backbreakers. That's one of my favorite things in the entirety of NXT. Um, I love the Messiah, the backbreaker. I love the the back suplex on the fucking ring apron. I love his his just innovation to get a backbreaker out of anything. But that particular spot where he drops him across the top rope, I think that might need to stop because that's it almost always ends in some sort of dangerous situation where the guy's falling off the side mm-hmm. or he's he doesn't land flat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very rare when the guy lands flat and he'll he'll come spilling over the top, land on maybe his neck or his shoulder right. and it just looks bad. Yeah. Um I didn't see, like I said I didn't see the bruise but it doesn't surprise me cuz it's really hard to try to land somebody on top rope like that. Um, yeah, a couple other things for the, the fucking, what do they call it? The final flash when he hits that powerbomb right into the knee spot. That's one of my favorite spots oh. in wrestling. I just love that. Riddle is so excellent at how he executes that. Um, yeah. Yeah, just tremendous. Um, the ground and pound in this match was awesome between the two of them, and it never felt boring or slow. Uh, it was constantly moving. Um, we get to a strong... Locked in the, they locked in the bro mission, uh, and Strong was able to fight out of it by taking shots uh, at the injured back. Yep. The, the riddle selling of his back here was fantastic as well, uh, and I'm sure some. Oh of yeah, it, and some of it looked real. He, he actually he <laughs> he reversed down. he reversed into that bro mission through the stronghold, right? Yeah. Because yeah. Strong had the stronghold on, he, he reversed it into a bro mission, which was great in itself. Yeah. And then Strong getting out of it by just fucking elbowing him yeah right in the face yeah yeah and and they did a nice job of selling like oh the back injury is preventing him from locking it in and they so they, they went with the story they'd been told never saw uh end of heartache in this one which i would have liked to have seen um oh, me too yeah but that I, what did you think of the finish because we've seen riddle use the bro mission we've seen him use 
couple different finishers in NXT. This is the first time, I, I, at least that I recall, seeing him use that sort of cradle tombstone, what they call it, the uh, Bro Derek. <laughs> I, think, I didn't believe that's what Morrow yeah. called it. Uh, to get the yeah, win. The bro Derek. I, I hadn't seen him use that in NXT before. What did you think of that finish? What is it? A reverse, reverse uh, gotch it's like style? A, a, fucking... It's like a cradle tombstone. I think is is the technical I mean, name for it. I mean, kind of. It's it's like the 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 cradle pile driver, but reverse and not as impactful. Yeah. Um, I I prefer the bromation, honestly. Right. Um, it, it's more believable to his character. Um. Ah. I, it made sense in the in the in the sense they were beating the shit out of each other, and that just kind of was the move to wear them out. I think going forward, I don't think that should be his finisher. I think it should be just kind of like a signature move. Um, but it was it was good for this to debut his new uh, his new move. Yeah, I, I the only the only criticism I really have of this match is I think it could have done with five more minutes i think five more minutes it would have become just fucking epic yeah yeah um but i mean going forward in the matches that we had um not to spoil anything uh i i think it was it, it was probably the right choice to uh end it there if you gave these guys five more minutes um it would have been great for their match Nothing but for the card <laughs> i mean what what would you have? Uh, what would you have shaved five minutes off in the rest of the card? You know what I mean? Oh, you can find five minutes anywhere. One less video package. One less. You know, there, there are spots. I I think you could have shaved five minutes. You should. You could have shaved all of the uh, Forgotten Sons spots off of the next match, uh, and then you know the backstage Fair. entrance for Shayna Baszler. I mean, there were spots you could you could have picked up some time. And let's not That's forget, fair. they're on the network. They can run as fucking long as they want. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, honestly, uh, I would give that a, a grade A. Oh wait, no, that's the wrong wrong show. Sorry. Um, uh, I'll go to uh, the next match unless you have anything else to say about no, it. No, I'm good. We're going to the tag team ladder match for the vacant uh, tag team belts. So in this match we got uh, the Forgotten Iron- Sons. And ironically, the NXT tag team title belts have now appeared more on TV in the last month and a half than the former team that held them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> I'm sure you. Uh, well, you guys did cover it quite yes. a bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, the only team I don't want in here is uh, Lorcan and Birch. Really? Uh, because, well, honestly, I- I'll explain. Uh, I see Orkin, uh, Lorkin enough in uh, 205 Live. I don't need to see him here. Did he uh, jacket? You... He came out with no jacket tonight. Uh, my jacket! <laughs> but, um... I gotta tell you, Jeff, yeah, fucking... honestly, watching this takeover, the only thing that was a letdown to me was that knowing that we were going to cover it when I went back and rewatched it, the only <laughs> thing that bummed me out was that Drake Maverick didn't show up, just to see you have the complete fucking meltdown. Oh... Uh... How how bad how how crazy would that have been if fucking it's fucking R Truth ran out and then Drake Mavic ran after him and then fucking Lucha House Party came out after him too like some stupid shit like that because I could not escape those motherfuckers <laughs> when I did making the grade it was fucking ridiculous 
It was so stupid. Uh, and you but, got progressively angrier, which was the best part for us oh, listening to it. Oh my god, I, I, I was genuinely getting upset because that shit was just like, okay, I, I watched this on the regular. I watched Two Five Live on the regular. I figured I'll get a le- at least if I go to the main roster shows, I'll get like a, a fresh something. I'll get some 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 sort of new shit. No, nope. Yeah. No, I get to watch the same 205 Live stuff that they haven't shown in the past fucking month and a half. <laughs> oh, but. man. All right. So, ladder match. Yeah, the ladder match <laughs> was uh, Forgotten Sons. I'm sorry. I forgot I was hosting this shit. Uh, Forgotten Sons, Lorcan and Birch. Uh, you got uh, the Street Profits, and you have Undisputed Era with Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Um. I mean, I'm pretty sure we all assume this is going to be a, a gigantic clusterfuck of just car wrecks and fucking people putting their bodies on the line. Yeah, go, going really into it, my, expect, my expectations were not super high going into it, just because I'm not... I, I love Undisputed Era. I've become a big fan of late of the Street Profits, but the other two teams I was I'm pretty lukewarm on. Um, so I, I yeah. was, I, my, my expectations were, were low for this one. And, and as we'll talk about, I, I was proven to be very wrong. Yeah, I, I will say, um, this is the most unforgettable the Forgotten Sons have looked. Fair point. For sure, Jackson uh, Riker. Jackson Riker. Well, I mean, you gotta admit, um, at the beginning of the match, Cutler had that fucking suicide dive right in the head first into that goddamn ladder on the outside. Yeah. And that shit was uh, unbelievable. And, and I will say, uh, Wesley Blake is the human embodiment of Mickey Rourke from The Wrestler. <laughs> he has the gut and the fucking hair from the... He's the exact embodiment of The Wrestler. Uh, and, I, I was uh, like Jerry Lynn. That's just me. No, that's very fair. I mean, I, I they all say if you want to be in the Forgotten Sons, uh, you have to have uh, a gut. And, well, except for fucking Jackson Riker, but yeah. you have to have a gut and uh, a bald spot, basically, in the back of your head. That's <laughs> basically what you have to have to be in the Forgotten Sons. Um, I will say I feel really bad for Kyle O'Reilly's back because in this fucking match, he took so many fucking shots... Oh. On his back to the ladder, his back was ruined by the end of this match. And most of them were just accidental shit too. It wasn't even like they were. Most of them were not like crazy spots. No, no, they were just generic, like being thrown into a ladder with a German suplex, which is pretty standard. Um, but just was the, one where the he way was, he landed. Yeah, there was one where they were climbing the ladder and they just knocked over the ladder and the ladder, instead of like falling off to the side like it usually does, fell right under him as he landed. And that was, I think, the one that did the most oh. damage to his back. Yeah, I mean, his back got tore up. Yeah. His, his back got tore up. And to his credit, he continued. And that was early on. Yeah. yeah. He continued the fucking match. Um, you had... Uh, the Forgotten Sons putting the ladders on their heads like, you know, people do in ladder matches, uh, ramming people. And then you had Birch and Lorcan germining them oh at the God. same time. Where? And just, it, I, I would say the only thing, I, the biggest problem I have with this match is the fucking Forgotten Sons were really fucking, 
lackadaisical with that goddamn ladder. I mean, they threw this ladder after they got suplexed. It it could have easily went over the top rope and into the crowd. Well, yeah, but, I mean, you got to think of it this way, Jeff. They had to throw that ladder. Otherwise, they're going to break their fucking necks when they hit the German. Right, but that then was, they also had that a That was a crisis way. moment. If you don't throw that fucking ladder and get it the <laughs> fuck away from you, you also have to throw it because if, if you just drop it, it's behind you as you're getting fucking german So you're trying yeah. to clear it as far away from you as you can. Yeah, but also they, they – I will say yes, but they also had that spot where they threw the second – like, it was later in the match, but they threw a second ladder out of the ring, yeah. and they almost fucking hit goddamn uh, Montez Ford in the face with it. Yeah. So – Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, it was it's a, a ladder little, match. Shit happens. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, some of the spots I really wanted to call in this match was uh, – uh, one of the spots with with O'Reilly, uh, where uh, the Forgotten Sons power bombed O'Reilly into the ladder that Fish was climbing, yes. and then Fish landing on top of O'Reilly yes. on top of the ladder. Yeah, the fucking worst. Uh. F- fucking. Uh, and then, but O'Reilly um, at one point he was under the ladder, and uh, I think it was the Forgotten Sons who were climbing it, yep. and. Uh, he put on that brilliant leg lock through yep. the ladder. Yep. And I, I will give credit where credit's due. I mean, whoever it was, I think it was, it might have been Cutler, um, getting that leg lock on him immediately, he just started tapping out in the yep. ladder. Yep. Just immediately. And that was that was a fucking great spot. Because you don't usually see that in, in, in matches that, like, they don't have a pinfall or submission, like, yep. uh, stipulation. Yep. But... He was tapping out immediately. He was really selling us the fact that that fucking killed his leg. Uh, not for long, mm-hmm. but for that particular spot, it was great. Yeah. Um, you had you had Riker coming out, and he just fucking ruined everyone. Yeah, this match um, was definitely like a vehicle to get Jackson Riker over as a monster. Uh, until everybody decided to uh, fucking literally bury him on the ladder. But that's and, uh, that's that's a monster spot that that makes you a monster. Of course, that's what it takes. So they, it's they literally something. That goal. It's something that Braun Strowman would have done. Yep, he would have came out, wrecked somebody, and then gotten wrecked by all six competitors. Yep. Um, yeah, it definitely put him over for sure. Um, I mean, and then the fact that it w- it was hilarious because uh, as you guys covered in NXT Re- revisited when they just like smashed him from behind, ran him over the ladder, um, all that shit. And then in this one, he, he got smashed by all six competitors. He had Montez Ford diving on him. He had Oni Lorcan diving on him. Oh, my God. He wasn't uh, there for that, Montez Ford, though. Ford almost ate it on that one. So on the plancha, um, he he basically he cleared the ladder that I think Birch and Lorcan were holding. Or was it Birch and Lorcan? Right? Yes, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so he, he completely cleared it, went at Mon, um, at Riker, and Riker just barely caught his fucking ankles as he was going down. Um, thankfully, he caught him at least a little bit, yeah. uh, or else he would have flat back bumped on that fucking outside. It pretty um, much did. It was bad. Oh, more power to him. Because yeah. uh, if I flat back bumped on the outside, I, I probably wouldn't be wrestling the rest of the match. Yeah. Yeah, Ky- um, Kyle O'Reilly's back is going to get a lot of credit and deservedly so, but Montez Ford's back is, gets honorable mention. 
Yeah, because, I mean, he's got some fucking hops on him. Oh, and my he God. got real high on that shit. Yeah, for sure. And uh, for him to slam down on that, it was it was brutal. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, uh, anyway, he he was okay. We'll yeah. just we'll go with that. And uh, I will say, Morrow had a fucking goddamn field day with this match. Yeah. Uh, we got a uh, you killed Kyle. Oh God, which, that was great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was on the powerbomb spot, yeah. Yeah, you got a You Killed Kyle. You got a um, him trying to make reference to a concerto by saying con ladder toe. Doesn't have the same ring, yes. Might want to thought that one through a little bit before you said it out loud, buddy. He said it out loud, and he processed it, and yeah, that was was something you shouldn't say. Right. But um, he he did say it, um, and I will say that I think I figured out who Steve Cutler looks like, and it's Kurt Hawkins. Okay, yeah, I can see that a little bit. He looks very similar to Kurt Hawkins when he's wrestling in the ring. Um, anyway, the end of the match comes when uh, the Forgotten Son, the Forgotten Sons, I think, are climbing the ladder, and then uh, I think it's uh, Dawkins, Spears. Cutler, Dawkins Spears, not Cutler. Um, Blake. Dawkins Spears, uh, Blake. And then uh, Montez Ford jumps on the ladder and knocks Cutler off and gets the tag belts. And the Street Profits are your new tag team champions. Yeah. Um, so right off the top for me, I love the Street Profits entrance. <laughs> this, this oh, is yeah, it's fantastic. They run out through the crowd. They find a section full of, like, the Red Solo Cups. It's just, like, a fucking house party. Everybody's going ham. It's tremendous. And fucking Montez Ford with the the fucking sequins and the crown. Like, that dude was on point at <laughs> his entrance. Um, oh, absolutely. Uh, you, I mean, you hammered most of the major spots. Like I said, Jackson Riker had the monster spot in this match. Uh, this was, like I said, the... The match, I think Riker may have gotten more over in this match than anyone else. Um, but when it comes to the finish, holy shit, Montez Ford springboard. You didn't even mention it. He springboards off the top rope onto the ladder, nails it perfectly, and hits a great facial, too. As he lands, on, he stares right into Steve Cutler's face as he lands. Just like, here I am, motherfucker. Boom! And, like, knocks him down. Just fucking great. Um, and the, the moment you sort of see it, uh, after they get the belts down and Ford sort of embraces Dawkins, it, it very reminiscent to me of, uh, when American Alpha won the tag titles at TakeOver Dallas, uh, years ago, because you had that guy in Jason Jordan, in this case, Angelo Dawkins, who had struggled for so many years in developmental to find something and finally found something that works and finally got a moment and finally got a championship. And it was sort of a feel-good moment. Absolutely. It was, it was well-deserved. Um, I mean, these two right now, it, it's, it's interesting in WWE when you actually get a tag team or a singles person who they actually strike when the iron's hot. Yeah. It's not so surprising in NXT because they kind of know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um but regardless, it's it's kind of been a while since you get this kind of feel-good moment when these guys are so fucking hot, everybody goes nuts when they come out, yep. um, that you actually put the titles on them and you get the best out of them that you can get. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and 
I, I would guess based on what we saw in this one that take over Toronto, we're looking at uh, profits versus undisputed arrow. Is that some same vibe you got? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I got. Um, you have uh, you have some things uh, going on in the future that it makes a lot of sense for. Uh, all right, next up we have uh, a match I was really looking forward to was Velveteen Dream versus Tyler Breeze. Uh, I know you mentioned you were really looking forward to it. You were a big fan of Tyler Breeze when he was back in NXT. Mm -hmm. Um, I also was a big fan of Tyler Breeze um, in NXT and in the main roster. Um, I really liked the Fashion Files. Obviously, it had a limited run, as it should have. Um, But he's, he's too big of a talent to just not use him. So... I'm glad to see him back in NXT, especially in a big program against Dream. Yep. See, um, I, to, to that point, same thing, like I said, I was very much looking forward to this. Um, we'll talk as we go on if it sort of lived up to, to the expectation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I will say uh, the match started off great. It was hot. Tyler, Tyler Breeze came out with a ball of fire. Well, before and, uh, we even got there, Jeff, can I can I just because this was the first part of this that sort of bothered me a little bit. You have these two guys, and this whole thing is predicated on who gets the bigger spotlight, and then you have two very basic generic entrances for these two guys. And yeah, to me, it, they should have had like huge, grandiose entrances trying to outdo each other. Um, Tyler came out with, didn't even have the selfie stick, just had the phone. Um, above that, didn't have the furry boots, just looked like, you know, Tyler Breeze in Creator Wrestler number four's gear. Yeah, it was just all black. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind the all black, but I agree with you on the entrances. They should have had something definitely grandiose for these two, because yeah. they're both very, um, they're both very, uh, the, their entrances should be um, they should be grab the uh, the audience's attention yep. like um, they should have at least him with the selfie stick and the and the boots like his boots should at least be there because that's what yeah. he's known for yep. he's known for the boots a um, big part of his entrance was the boots you see the furry boots walking out exactly like, yeah. And, and you should have Dream coming out at least on a couch, sipping some fucking wine right. or whatever. Something. Um, I mean, weird. that that was definitely a missed opportunity. That's that's a good point. That's a good good point. Hmm. I, I didn't think about it when I was looking at it, but yeah, very good point. Um, I will say the beginning of this match, uh, Breeze came out in a ball of fire, uh, hitting Dream with everything. Uh, eventually, they get to the outside. Dream takes over and. This is why the dream is amazing. He fucking lays he lays Breeze out and puts him on the fucking table and grabs his belt and takes a selfie with it. Yeah. And I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I will say up to, up until this point, I, I I was questioning whether or not Tyler Breeze maybe had lost a step. Mm-hmm. He did not lose a step at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think um, Breeze I'm was a- good here. I, I enjoyed some of the offense. I, I just, there was, it was weird, and I can't explain it. It just, 
it got to a certain level and it never kicked into that next gear for me. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, it is his first match back. Um, he's been on the main roster for what three years now? Four years? Like yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he's he's not done a whole lot. I mean, these guys these guys had a fantastic match for what it was. Yeah, um, yeah like I said, I'm a I, huge I, fan. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I think my expectations <clears throat> no. for this were so high. And maybe that's that's my fault, perhaps. Um, but I've seen what yeah. what Tyler Breeze has done in NXT in the past with opportunity to, to perform, um, and of course I've seen what Velveteen Dream can do. So I, I thought this was going to be a match of the night, and it was a perfectly good match. I mean, if we were sitting here and we're Adam and we're grading, I'd give this a good solid B. But I was expecting A plus material. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Um, I think I don't think it was your fault. I think it was uh, the video package's fault. The video package made this seem like it was going to be a fucking giant deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the video package did a really good job of selling the shit out of this match. Um, I I was already looking forward to it as I knew Tyler Breeze was a great wrestler. I knew fucking the dream is amazing. He has m- match of the year candidates almost every time he goes out. Um, this was not a match to your candidate, but it was a really good reintroduction to Tyler Breeze. I, I thought it was, um, like you said, B plus material. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite to that, not quite to the standard of NXT now. Um, especially with this card. This card was just phenomenal. Um, but, you know, you, you're gonna have, some learning curves and Tyler Breeze, I think ultimately should be here. Um, I think with a little bit of, uh, a little bit of time spent in NXT, he'll, he'll catch up very quickly. Yeah. Uh, I, I did think one, one of my favorite spots was I think it was Breeze got, um, dream caught up. He did the cheeky Nando's supermodel kick, if you will. Um, uh, yeah. and then hit him. I think it was right then he hit him with damn prettier. That was a great yep. false finish. Um, the crowd yep. really bit on that. Uh, and the thing that really impressed me the most, and I've seen it before, but I think I saw it sort of more strikingly in this one, Dream's ability to just fucking pick people up for that Dream Valley driver out of nowhere is really yeah. fucking impressive. Yeah, he does the roll through like John Cena does. Yeah, but he does but it out of just... like, all sorts of weird spots. It's great. Yeah, yeah, and, and I will say... Um... There was the one spot where they kind of had that that tombstone like teaser, yeah. where they were just reversing tombstones over and over again. Um, the one weird point was uh, Tyler Breeze had a had drop kick afterward for no reason after, yeah. uh, but I will say Morrow kind of covered him well because he said uh, he was bleeding from the ear and he said. Um, Something along the lines of like his bearings about him. Yeah, his equilibrium. That's what it was. His equilibrium wasn't uh, with him when he did that. And uh, you get Dream doing the Unprettier. Um, You get. Was was Tyler. I actually had a question for you. Was Tyler Breeze the first one to do that head trap like DDT? Not DDT. Head trap uh, super kick? No. Just uh, maybe an NXT, but the Cheeky Nando's kick's been around for a while. Okay, okay, that's fair. I mean, it, he he always makes it look so good. Uh, maybe it's Velveteen Dream 
getting pulled through so easily. Yeah. Uh, it always it, it's it's a really good spot. I know uh, Kevin Owens does it every now and again. Yep. Um, it, it's it looks really good when uh, Breeze does it, mm-hmm. um, but you get you get the the Dream DT. I will say it might be my favorite yes. NXT move. Yeah, it's right up there. Yeah, it's it's a really 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 good move. You know, it sells really well. It looks brutal. Um, Lots Nobody of, gets pinned by it. No, but lot, lots of super kicks in this match in general, though. Like a lot of them. Uh, I know, I know. Tyler Breeze, that's he. He does super kicks well. Um, uh, maybe a little too much for my taste. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it, it it was it was still a really good match. Um, the end of the match comes with a uh, Velveteen Dream doing some fucking shenanigans with the belt. He ends up hitting a Dream Valley driver and a Purple Rainmaker elbow for the three count. Yep. Um, I think I think Tyler Ble- Tyler Breeze should stay in NXT. He is. Um, they, they've already sort of said he's he's staying down there. And, and I mean, the fans deserve it as well as Tyler Breeze really deserves it. That's 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 the real thing. So my only problem with that, and and sort of even plays into what they did after the match, because after the match they do. I guess it was their variation on sort of like the handshake and the respect moment, but uh, as Dream goes to leave, he grabs uh, Breeze's phone. He's taking some selfies. Breeze gets sort of annoyed, grabs the phone. And Dream goes to leave. Breeze stops him and wants to take a selfie together, and they did. And I guess that was the the Bree, Tyler Breeze form of the show of respect. I, I but my problem with it was it felt. It felt like Breeze was almost like the old guy who was going out to pasture at this point. Um, yeah. It, it didn't feel like... I, I predicted Breeze would win this on the rundown, and there was a very good reason, because you bring this guy back after failing on the main roster through no fault, really, of his own, but he, he's a main roster failure who's now going back down to NXT. You tell the story through the Velveteen Dream that Breeze failed on the main roster. And his first match back, you have him fail on NXT. Now you're just validating the fact that this guy's a failure. <laughs> and I don't know yeah. how you, how he's improved. Now he's just failing in NXT. I don't know how this really helped him at all. I mean, honestly, it really didn't. It did not help him in the long run. But it it really doesn't, like as you have said in the past it really doesn't take much to build somebody back up um i think you give him a couple matches against guys who are you know basically jobbers you give him a, a kona reeves match you give him a adrian jaud match you give him some wins in here and then he's back yeah. you know what i mean well, and the other part um, of this, I think, that made this a little... Maybe this made a little... There was no clear heel in this. They both had moments where they healed a little bit, and they both played face at various points. Um, and, and and that's why I think uh, this particular match, I mean, it, as as great as it should have been, as great as, as good as it ended up being, um, you know, you, you get both these guys, they're not clear faces or heels. Um, and I think that's... That plays to both their characters. Um, going forward, you could still continue to do that with both characters. Yeah. Um, you have you have Breeze kind of 
being a crowd favorite, but then, you know, he uses maybe his some sort of dirty tactics to win his matches. You know what I mean? And and the crowd will still like him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I, I just, like I said, I'm curious to see where they go from here. Um, there's no obvious opponent for Breeze now going forward for me that I can see. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I, you know, like I said, simple backstage run in with Roddy Strong, for example. Now you get a program. So that's probably where they're going to go, something like that. But, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. He he needs a um, win here soon. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I think that it, it'll be as simple as as building him up in a few house, uh, not house shows, but TV shows. Um, giving giving him a couple wins will do wonders for him and bring him back. Uh, maybe give him a rematch, or just going forward, give him a fucking takeover win against fucking you know. The gatekeeper of all gatekeepers, uh, uh, um, shit, uh, Kona Reeves. Well, I mean, Kona Reeves, but, uh, fucking, uh, elbow guy, elbow <laughs> Chris Hero. Oh, Cassius Ono. Cassius Ono, that's, that's it. I couldn't think of his stupid actual name. But, uh, you give him a win against Cassius Ono at the next pay per view, I mean, he's back in it, you know what I mean? Uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm still a little skeptical. Maybe Fandango comes back to NXT too, and they they reform the Fashion Police down in NXT. I mean, that would be that would be great too. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I think I think I think uh, Fandango recently posted a, a tweet about him being Johnny Jeter and the and then being a uh, NXT winner recently. Yeah. So maybe we'll see. Well, anyway, the next match is the women's uh, women's title match between Shanna Baszler and Io Shirai. Um, I thought that honestly, I mean, I I, I haven't watched NXT as much as I'd like to going forward. I listen to the podcast mostly, um, but I don't think the build was there. As much as I had seen in the past, going into this match, um, it was um, it was a bit because you had Io, um, Shayna basically was the one that kicked, for all intents and purposes, Kyrie Sane out of NXT, and Io was out there uh, trying to save her, out to avenge her friend. Um, sort of snapped a little bit, and we'd see it come into play in this match. Um, sort of changed her her attitude and her her approach. Uh, as a result of the tactics of Shayna Baszler. So th- there was actually a, a fairly decent build in story here. Okay, fair enough. Um, I I thought at the beginning of the match... Uh, do you have anything to say about the entrances? Um, I liked the fact that they had Duke and Shafir stay in the back. Um, yeah. I This, to me, was Io Shirai's best performance in NXT, or in, really since she's come to WWE, for a couple reasons. Um I think when she was hanging out with and associated with Kyrie Sane, she took on a little bit of that Kyrie Sane sort of more anime character than badass female wrestler. Um, and, and I don't say that as a knock because it works for Kyrie, but I think it never really worked for EO. And the association sort of drew that comparison. This was the first time I watched EO and went, she's just like a badass chick wrestler. Like, um, it wasn't. Well- 
anything other than just kicking ass, and I enjoyed that a lot. I thought this, I really enjoyed this more than any of EO's matches since she's come over. Well, to your point, um, I actually listened to NXT Revisited, and you said that her promo in the back was one of the best Asian wrestler promos that you had heard, and I went back and listened to it, and I totally agree with you. She was very coherent. She was very um, straight to the point, short and sweet, and it it made a ton of sense um, for her character, and it was was great. And and I was excited to see this match because a lot of times you'll see with these women matches – They'll, they're they're in a very crowded card of five matches that are all like built to shit, and then you get to this women's match, and it a lot of times it kind of suffers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this was this was kind of the exception. Um, these two had a a fantastic match. She had at the beginning of the match, like you had mentioned, a great callback to uh, her stomping the elbow of Io Shirai right in the beginning of the match. Yeah. And I think that was that was fantastic. I think that was a great callback. That was Io kind of waking up and and just just her arm obviously was hurt, but mm-hmm. she it was kind of like this is why I'm in this match. She right. hurt my friend. Mm-hmm. It was it was great storytelling. Um I, and I think honestly, overall, she, Baszler is an amazing wrestler and has a fantastic mind for the business. Mm-hmm. Um, going forward, I think on the main roster, she just deserves, she just deserves the world uh, as a heel. Yeah. Um, if, ability have, to work a body part and tell a story, oh, working a body part, is second to none. No, it, it it really is. I mean, she can she can take any body part and manipulate it, and it's fantastic. Yeah. And it, man, it all it, looks legit. Like it really fucking hurts. Yeah, yeah. Like, like just the simple elbow stomp. Mm-hmm. Every single time she does it, you know it's safe. Yep. How it is, I don't know, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, you know it's safe because she's done it a million times, but right. you know it looks brutal. Yeah. It looks so fucking brutal. Um, I will say EO is uh adorable and sexy. Um. And it's it's rare. I will say um, there's one point in this match where I will say I, I haven't seen it in a lot in WWE matches where a hurt face wrestler starts dodging moves and doesn't really have an offensive follow-up. Yeah. Because there was one point in this match where um, Baszler just throwing strikes and Io is just dodging them, but she's not retaliating. Right. And that's a very rare thing because a lot of times you'll see that kind of f- fired up baby face comeback, and you don't really see it here in this particular spot where where you have Shayna Baszler throwing these strikes and Eos dodging them or blocking them, yep. and she's just blocking them. That's all she's doing. She's trying to survive. You know. Yep. I think that's a very nice add-in to this match. Mm-hmm. Um, you get <clears throat> uh, Eo. Eventually getting some offense in and landing a moonsault on the outside, um, which she's known for. She does a very nice moonsault. It, it's borderline, I will say it's borderline Lita moonsault. Um, it's more out than up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of just outward, not no height on it, mm-hmm. but it's fine. 
Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you've heard this, Jeff, but she's the genius of the sky. Yes. Yeah, I might have heard that about six or seven times in this match. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's fucking horrendous. Uh, but, oh, God. She's like the uh, the ordinary woman who does extraordinary things. <laughs> uh, anyway, eventually the end of the match comes. Uh the Kirifuda Clutch is locked in. It's reversed a few times with pen attempts, but EO ultimately taps out. Yep. And uh, Did a nice job was, of the, the, the cell where she slowly fades and, and finally like fights. Yes. And sort of like the Bianca Belair match, too. It was very similar. And like you think she's going to get to the ropes, and they do a long time of her struggling to get to the ropes, and then she just finally can't do it anymore. I, I liked it. I like the way they do that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought she was going to pass out. Yeah. Um, but she ended up tapping out, which but I she, thought was a nice. Yeah, she couldn't pass out once we saw what was what was to come. It made sense that she didn't pass out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else to say about the match itself? Um, I, you know, I liked it overall. I thought I like we talked. I'm a big fan of Shane, and we talked. We talked about that. And one thing we didn't even talk like her ability to just play the bully so fucking well, like. As well as I've seen anybody play the be- the bully in female wrestling in a very long time, um, because she'll she'll kick your ass and she'll talk shit. Um, you talked about things we don't see often with Io Shirai. Did you catch that in the end of her video package? She said, "I will kick your ass." It's something yeah, you don't see yeah, very often in in video packages in the WWE. Um, they left it in there though, so obviously they were cool with it. Uh, and then I, you know, Candice. Lee- if I had one small nitpick, it's that Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir come out, and Candice is out. Um, like, they would have had to have been in the same room when Duke and Shafir decided they were going to come down for Candice to be that quick to get there. Yeah. And the other thing was, like, Candice hit uh, Batwoman and hit her, and then Jessamine Duke was just standing there like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, you would react, you would right. throw a punch, you would do something. But no, she just stood there and then took another shot. Yeah. Like it, it was kind of silly. Um, so basically, this ends to uh, this ends up being the end of the match, and then afterward, Io Shirai kind of loses it a little bit, grabs a kendo stick, gets in, and just beats the shit out of uh, Shanna Baszler. And hits her moonsault anyway. The second moonsault ends up being with a chair. A steel chair. Brutal. Brutal looking. And uh, they show uh, Shayna Baszler's back. And there's just welts all over her back. Three or four just brutal welts. And this, I mean, obviously they plan on having this going forward. So, I, I mean, I I look forward to it. I mean, they seem to be maybe having uh, Io Shirai eventually winning this. So what do you I'm think? curious, because they're bringing Candice in, and, and Candice being a part of this makes me think we're headed for some sort of three-way or something along those lines. I, I've said since, the, since Shayna had the belt back, I think Candice is going to be the one that they're going to put it on eventually. I don't know if it's going to go to Io. I, I think it will go to EO and then eventually to Candace. I think that's where they're going with it. I guess we'll see. Um, 
because it's a built-in storyline. You have you have the two of them going. Eo is kind of building up to be kind of a almost the she has heel tendencies with uh you know you had you had Candace kind of hesitating to give her the chair, um, and then she did the moonsault anyway, and then just you'll have that classic you know, babyface Candice LeRae against Io Shirai, who just turned full nasty heel. And it's time for the NXT main event as Johnny Gargano, who is the champion, Johnny champion, takes on Adam Cole in a rematch from NXT. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that's Adam Cole, baby. Right, Adam Cole, baby. In a rematch from NXT, Brooklyn. Uh, I will say Gargano got a mixed reaction. And, and that was TakeOver New York. Remember, you can't say Brooklyn because yeah, it's the SummerSlam one. Yeah, it's essentially the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I went to both, so... Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, Gargano got a mixed reaction. Yeah, That's good. which was similar yeah. in New York, too. Same thing. And uh, by the end, he had won the crowd over. Uh, I don't think he accomplished the same thing here tonight. No, no, I don't. Um, what did you think of Wrestling Flow coming out with Adam Cole? Um, you know, I, I didn't catch it. Oh. I don't I think I remember that. Oh, guy came out next to Adam Cole rapping his entrance the whole time. And... Oh yeah, I, I did not. I uh, in the, in the sake of time, I kind of skipped forward a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, uh, came out with some weird Larry. Almost, it was funny because he came out. He's all around, back and forth, around Adam Cole as he's making his entrance. It almost seemed like Adam Cole was annoyed by the whole thing, <laughs> but like I gotta fucking do it. <laughs> My bosses are telling me to do it. Uh, and then Gargano comes out to, like I said, a pretty good entrance, pretty good reaction when he came out. It was only during the intros you really started to notice the booing. Um, but he went full on Captain NXT in tribute to Captain Marvel, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. It was a nice entrance. His gear was great. Yeah. Um, you get Adam Cole with typical gold and black. Um, you get uh, you get the start of the match with uh, Troy's favorite, a uh, dual chant. Yeah, you get a lot of those on that takeover. Yeah, I know, especially this match. Yes. There was a lot of them. Yes. Um. I agree with uh, your take on NXT Revisited about the ladder match uh, being this match because uh, I really feel like this would have... I mean, it's it's hard to make these two have a bad match. They did not have a bad match. Um, I think it just would have been elevated that much more with a ladder match or just like a no-pin stipulation. Yeah, but I feel like we're going to have... I, at the end of this, I get definitely get the impression we're going to have a trilogy here. So uh, we'll see what the next one brings us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I will... <laughs> one of the things I wanted to point out was uh, something that Morrow said, and uh, it's apparently Johnny has more heart than Valentine's Day. Yeah, I heard that. That's what that <laughs> <is>. <laughs> yeah. 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 He uh, made that reference in June. Yeah. <laughs> really uh very timely it's a thing that happened uh, yeah um you get um i don't think i've ever seen this before it was cole doing a reverse fireman's carry into the face buster on his knee yeah burning hammer into a face buster it was a very yeah. interesting move 
he the, usually WWE does. WWE usually yeah. frowns on the burning hammer as it is, so um, right. Yeah, to do it, and I felt like on a couple of occasions, Moro called the suplex into the knee to Ushiguroshi, and that's not what the Ushiguroshi is. Yeah, it's usually the the normal version of the fireman, the the burning hammer. Right. Yeah. yeah. The fireman's carry knee break over the knee. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're an old time NXT fan, the tiebreaker that Dillinger used to use. It, it's like it's like the V trigger. You know, you call everything something. Yeah, you I call guess. everything that's the V trigger the V trigger. Oh, speaking of which, did you catch at one point during the Matt Riddle match, Riddle hit the knee strike and and Moro called yes. the V trigger? Yes, he did. He called the V trigger. It was very blatant, yeah. very obvious. Oops. Um, yeah, not probably what he was going for. Someone, probably because he didn't have Vince in his ear. Someone watch the AEW pay per view. Right. <laughs> um. You get a uh, a super kick party at one point. Uh, oh I think, yeah, this match was full of them. Yeah. Um, you get these guys hitting two super kicks each. Yeah. Both guys go to the floor. Um, and then at one point you get three pump kicks oh, by Cole. Two to the face and, then, and one to the back of the head. Yeah, kind of dangerous, kind of brutal. Yeah. Um, and then you get the huge lariat by Gargano. And I just, at this point, I mean, it's not even a third of the way through a match. And these these guys, you put them together, they're always going to fucking kill. Yeah. And they they're almost gonna... fucking killed each other. It's just, it's just brutality when yeah. these guys go together. Um, you get uh, Gargano kicking out of the last shot. And uh, I think, I will say, I think Cole needs a better finisher. Or just a better finisher name, maybe. Because the last shot does not, it just doesn't, I don't think that flows with his character. It's very generic. Well, I mean, if, He's you, a if, very... you, if you notice, as the guy's on his knees, he does, it, it's sort of an old Hitman reference. So as the guy's on his knees in front of him, he does sort of the gun symbol behind his head, and then he hits yeah. him. So it's like sort of the old hitman assassination. So I sort of dig it. I guess. I guess. It's just when you get somebody as flowy and flashy as as uh, Adam Cole is, and then you have his finisher called the last shot. Well, we also just... had about 17 either hits or attempts of a Panama Sunrise in this one. So I think he's, he did some flashy shit, too. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's a very fair point. Um I, I I'm just I'm just saying in a sense of uh, without any reference they they don't reference that hitman thing they don't reference any of that the the announcers me saying they um they ju- it's just for him to I, I I don't know it's 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 a great finisher for him it doesn't require him picking up anybody who's huge right. if he has to be big he can do it on anybody yep. he can do his finisher on any single any person who he faces yep. um that that's the thing i like about it mm-hmm. however i just think the last shot maybe without reference point needs a different name mm-hmm. unless they start explaining that I, now that you say that it's cool yeah. it's cool to me um, but you know, I don't know. Um, I think the the coolest spot in this entire match was uh, the spot where Johnny Gargano does a suicide dive, hits the ref, and Cole tries to summon the rest of the undisputed era. Um, but in the end, it was just used as a as a distraction, which was fantastic. And he ends up hitting that like kind of 
like uh, a pile driver through the ropes. Yeah, that was great. But when you said the spot of the match, I, I thought you were talking about when he hits the Panama Sunrise off the apron onto the floor. Cause oh, well, that, yes, of course. That, that was, was fucking, fucking ridiculous. Uh, then there was the reverse Rana where he absolutely got spiked on the top of his head. Um, yeah. To your point with the dive, there was also another dive where, and it was interesting because there was a point in the match earlier where Gargano teased that he was going to go for a dive and then recognized that his knee hurt and he didn't think he'd be able to do it. So he stopped, he stepped out and did something else. Then later on in the match, he goes to do the dive and then doesn't hit it and Cole ends up hitting him in the head with a kick. Uh, But it looked like his foot got caught in the ropes. I almost think he intentionally got himself caught in the ropes because that was the story he told a couple times that he wasn't sure if he could make the dive and then he tried the dive and didn't make it. And right. I think he fucking botched on purpose, which is beautiful. Oh, absolutely. That's fantastic. Um, I, I just think in terms of storyline-wise, um, Adam Cole using that kind of mind games to yep. call out the oh, Undisputed yeah, sure. Era. I, like like I said, in, in terms, I'm a big storyline guy. Yep. Um, the Undisputed Era uh, in general have been a big factor, at least in the... In, in the previous match mm-hmm. these guys had, uh, coming out, knocking around Johnny Gargano, uh, him thinking that they're going to come out, uh, it was a great d- distraction. Um, I will say uh, Johnny Gargano uh, got set up for the last shot when Adam Cole went off the ropes from behind, and he fell forward, yes. which was just, oof, just a it's just a grueling fucking match, yep. and that was a fantastic spot. Yes, it was really um, very subtle and but very it, like beautiful in the way they did that. And exactly, and he almost played like a little bit of chicken when he locked in the Gargano escape right afterward. Yep. And he only the the best part about this, I will say, is he only used his good knee as leverage. Yes, and uh, braced the other one on the like the bad one on the good right. one, which was really a nice touch. Um, and he also, and he also talked Cole, about. Go ahead, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. And then Cole elbowed the bad knee yes. to get out of it. Yeah. Which was fantastic. Yeah. To go, go back ahead. a little bit, one of the spots you talked about when the referee got knocked out, the, I thought the funny part there was like, I'm like, Drake Younger used to take part in death matches. And mm-hmm. he's been out for a long time off of a suicide dive. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but of course, that's not canon yeah. in NXT. But it was just sort of funny to the, to somebody who who knew Drake, <laughs> knew his, yeah, his, his history. Um, yeah, that was great. He really, he was deathmatch guy. Oh yeah, he was a deathmatch guy. He was a big deathmatch guy. Yeah. It's funny because uh, me and my me and my buddies we call him uh, Jersey Shore now because <laughs> uh, he fucking looks like a guy from the Jersey Shore. He's got that fucking spiky hair and nice yeah. tan. Yeah, no, no, he was definitely a deathmatch guy back in the day prior to his refereeing career. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but yeah, the, the, the things, the thing I love right before the finish here was you had Cole went for the Panama sunrise and I think he wasn't going to get all the way over. So they turned it into a sunset flip and had Gargano drop down and pin. That was an on the fly yep. move to me. Yeah. Um, and got the two count. They very quickly re and I've I've said on this show before, I'm not a fan of the go back for the same move again, but in this case it didn't bother me because they had countered it into something else. 
Uh, it yep. wasn't very clear. They made it look smoothly. Like, yes, it didn't look like a botch unless you sort of knew what you were looking at. Um, and then went right back into it, hit the Panama Sunrise again. And I love that he came right up off the sunrise and Gargano lands on his knees, which is a very sort of believable position to end in after that move. And Cole goes right into the last shot, no wasted moment, and gets the three count. That is a beautiful finish. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it was... I think this was the right finish for this match, um, just because, I mean, NXT with the uh, NXT Championship is in a little bit of a... Kind of a, a weird spot mm-hmm. with uh, Ciampa being injured. Yeah. Um, I think this is the right match. You can get a rubber match out of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, make it last as long as you can. Um, but, I mean, you put these two together, you're not going to get a bad match. You're always going to get a match to your candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, obviously, out of this, you get a, you're going to get a rubber match. Yep. You're going to get you a third to. match. You have to. Um but obviously that match has to be a no DQ or a ladder match or a false count anywhere or something like that. It can't, it can't just be a normal match after this. My small nitpick here. This was a great, fantastic match. This I can't even guess which one was better of the two because they were both fantastic. Um, just very different styles of matches with two out of three falls versus a straight pinfall. Um, my biggest thing here... And I predicted Cole would win, and I said on the show I was I was sort of against the notion, but I just thought it was what they were going to do. Um, you now set Gargano up as sort of like a modern day Sasha Banks uh, back not long ago, yeah. because you think of the, the DIY got the tag titles that run ended very quickly. He got the North American title, lost it almost immediately, and gets the NXT title after. Years and years of telling, two, two years of telling this Gargano, trying to elevate to the top of NXT story. Finally, he, he reaches the mountaintop and loses it in his first defense. You're getting, yeah. and then you're wondering why these boos are coming in. You've yep. taken the best white meat baby face we've seen since the first Daniel Bryan run, and you've, it's not a catchphrase, you've turned him into Johnny Failure. And. He's lost a lot of that that shine that he had as a result of that, I think. Oh, for sure. Um, well, I mean, it goes back to even when he was feuding with Ciampa. They were kind of teasing that. That heel, heel turn definitely hurt him. Yeah, that heel turn was yeah. big. Was that was a, that turn. was a bad call. Yeah. That was a bad call on their part. Yep. Um, he 100%. needed to stay that white meat baby face. He yep. needed to stay the the pure good guy of NXT. Or if, uh, you, if you wanted to do the whole, he, he sort of fakes an alliance with Tommaso, that would have been fine. I think it was the sneak attack of Aleister Black, because that was a legit shit dickhead move. Like, that wasn't part yep. of a, like, you, that wasn't part of a setting Ciampa up thing. That was a legit, I'm an asshole move. And I think that hurt him. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um I mean, that played into the whole him aligning with Ciampa, and it's really unfortunate that Ciampa got injured because it would have been really interesting to see where this went at this point. Um, Because you could have easily played it into he was so desperate Mm. to get his hands on that title from Ciampa that he was willing to take any any path he could take to get there. Yep, and, but, I, and I think Chomp is coming back full born heel, uh, full born face, 
which is going to be sort of cool with Adam Cole having the title now. Yes, as long as they don't give it back to Gargano. I, I think that was that's the smartest choice is you can keep it on Cole, give it give it back to Ciampa as a face, and then have Gargano come after him as a heel, and then just have one of them. No, I mean just have one of them turn. It doesn't yeah. even matter because Gargano has that built-in heel yeah. tendency now. Yep. Um. It doesn't matter who's a heel, who's a face. You could, the fucking crowd will go nuts for either of them. My, my concern is that this is a good news situation for you because he's going to be Johnny 205 before too long. Oh, it'll be good news for me. You're right. We're going to see Gargano on a fucking weekly basis wrestling fucking Lince Dorado and fucking uh, goddamn fucking Mike Canales beating him every week. It'll be fucking horrible. Maybe he'll get a program with the reigning Europe, European champion. Oh, God. Maybe we'll see him in a squash match against fucking uh, Noam Dar. You didn't like that one? European? Oh, I liked it. I liked <laughs> it, but God. It's... 205 Live's a fucking mess. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. I just It's a matter of time at this point before they fucking close that shit. That's probably true. But, uh, so, overall thoughts on, on TakeOver 25? Overall, like, where, where would you rank it among the TakeOvers we've seen? It was... It was really good, but it wasn't near close to the best TakeOvers. I agree 100%. Uh, I've actually seen people say it was the best ever, and I, I don't... I'm not no. sure for that. Like, no. it was... The, the main event was great. Uh, the opening contest was great. The ladder match was brutal. Uh, those two matches in the middle, Breeze and, and Dream, let, was a letdown. And Shirai and Shayna, while good, was not anywhere near the caliber of the female matches we've seen at TakeOvers in the past. Um, I so, mean, you, you, get, you compare ladder matches, you get the North American title as a better ladder match. Yeah. Yeah, no. You get uh, Dream and Breeze was very good, but you get Dream and... Fucking EC3 was better, honestly. Yeah. Dream and EC3 was a better match. Yeah. Um, you get Matt Riddle and Roger Strong. Uh, that was probably one of the better opening contests yep. for an NXT. Fair enough. Um, well, I mean, the last takeover Bayes. was the last takeover. Of the opening match was the War Raiders and uh, Undisputed. So that was fantastic. Oh yeah, and you get Gargano Cole in the two out of three falls is better. Yeah. Um, you get Baszler and Shirai. Uh, decent match, um, but Baszler versus essentially anyone else oh, that she's facing. me? Fuck. Essentially, what? What? Uh, my audacity never restarted. <laughs> oh. So the good news is my well, Skype my Skype recorder is still running. So oh, I, I this have will be a fucking blast. I have the whole thing in Skype recorder format in just a couple different pieces. So I'll just send them all to you. you should be able to put them together it's, fairly easy. It's cool. Um, I'll just record it, or I'll edit it tomorrow. Okay. Uh, I'm not gonna do it tonight because this is gonna be a fucking shit show. It is. This, this um, <laughs> I mean, it's mostly my fault. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. It happens. But uh, you know, hey. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, closing? Uh, yeah. Awesome takeover. Uh, f- fun as always. Like I said, not uh, 
not top top level takeover, but I don't necessarily know that they put the attention into it. Like we talked about the entrances being sort of below normal takeover levels, etc. So I think they they made it a point that it wasn't going to be that, but the in ring product carried it, and it was a nice response to AEW if you're looking for one. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not going to edit that thing out before, by the way. Um, and uh, yeah, um, good good matches all around, and. Uh, I mean, I would have really liked to see, um, uh, you know, just something. I, I like the Matt Riddle Roger Strong match. Probably one of the better opening matches. Um, you, where are we going to see Kushida? When are we going to see Kushida on a, a fucking. Well, he's only had two matches. Know, they only have five spots on TakeOver, so it takes a while to get there. He'll be there. I'm not worried about it. I know, I know, but just. Why, why couldn't we? Why think, couldn't we see? Like I, I think they're waiting till what? they can find it. Uh, they wait until they can find a DeLorean. I think that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that is a hot commodity. Yeah. As, a, as a, yeah, that's fair. Um, but I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to see them fucking waste that against Cassius Ono or some fucking wasted, fucking goddamn uh, awful. No, I think opening. I hope so. I. I, I even for a North American title, I don't want to see it because Kushida is—he's got some serious potential, and uh, I want to. That that fucking Drew Gulak match where he had uh, that shit—it should be the stuff of like that wrestlers strive for. Right. It, it really not to not to go back, but I mean, it was so good. It was such a good match. Drew Gulak was the perfect counterpart to him. He should have never had that match against goddamn Cassius Ono. Yeah. He should have had the match against Drew Gulak to introduce him because right. that match was unbelievable. Yeah, fair point. It, it, it was just such a clinic. Uh, guys fucking chain wrestling, submissions. Um, and, and speaking of which, Drew Gulak, much better on NXT than he is on 205 yeah. at this point. Yep, I'm thinking um, at that point on the show. Same, I feel the same way. Uh, he he deserves to stay on to uh, NXT, get him off of 205, and uh, but they're still like the weirdest thing is uh, they're Drew Gulak. I don't know if you've noticed or heard, but uh, Drew Gulak is posting stuff like that's he's kind of like breaking his sanity. Oh, I haven't heard. So I don't know what that means. I don't know. But Does that uh, mean he's he's. Uh, go ahead. Hopefully we'll see them on uh, upcoming takeovers. And uh, certainly we want to apologize. I think that due to some technical difficulties where this blender might run over an hour, which is sort of <laughs> against the format. But uh couldn't be helped. It's just how, how it played out tonight. So I uh, hope you enjoy the extra time you got on this episode. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's that's down to my shitty internet. And it's always usually my shitty internet's fucking fault. So... <laughs> Um, anyway, I, I just wanted to say, uh, I enjoyed it as always, Jason. Uh, thank you for joining me. For sure. I appreciate it, Jeff. It's nice to hear you're still alive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, eh, one of, alive one of these, is a strong word. One of these days you'll need to take a, uh, a sick day on a Thursday and then join us back on the main show at some point. Hopefully sooner rather than later. Cause, uh, I, I really can't wait to be back. All right, fingers crossed. But uh, I guess that's going to do it for this edition of The Blender. 
And uh, this has been a crazy one. But uh, hopefully you guys out there enjoy it, and uh, you'll check it out next time we stop by to mix it up on the blender. Yep. Thank you, guys. Bye. Later.